My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, friends. Welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other. Wow, my friends, this is unexpected. On the heels of perhaps the most unexpected thing ever in the history of professional golf, you are here. It is Fairway Rolling, and we are doing a bonus podcast this week to try and process what we witnessed on Sunday at Augusta National. This podcast brought to you by our great friends at Callaway Golf, makers of the Triple Track aiming technology now available on the chrome soft x golf ball friday april the 19th you can order them and i encourage you to do so on today's show we have alan shipnuck who came on a week and a half ago to help us think about the realm of the possible the storylines for augusta national he's back he experienced tiger woods victory from the players locker room at Augusta National so we have to hear about that and we have an extended visit with Megan Schuster to talk about the world's reaction to Tiger's victory as well as the highlights of the Masters social I am your starter Joe House this is part of the Ringer Podcast Network the first tee is open. Let's go over with our friend Alan Shipnuck and stick a peg in the ground. Four, please. Now driving, Alan Shipnuck. All right, my friends. We are fortunate, lucky, privileged, humbled to have a guest from last week. We have Alan Shipnuck 
of golf.com and golf magazine on the line. He uh, is back from Augusta, Georgia. He's presently in his car headed down south uh, along the 101, the coast of, of uh, uh, California, to pick up a puppy. <laughs> Alan, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> well, um, my kids have already decided with a little help from dad that the puppy's name is going to be Monty, thus completing the greatest public relations turnaround in the history of golf. Colin Montgomery, once the goon from Troon, is now inspiring the names of cute little Springer Spaniels. So that's my one golf tie into this whole little road trip. <laughs> now, well, there's two golf ties um, because let's let's be honest. This uh, this puppy adventure that you're on right now, this is the price that you, uh, as a dad uh, that has to travel quite frequently, these are the kinds of things that we must do, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. I don't mind. I- I'm looking forward to having a little companionship when I'm writing, and you know, this little guy can keep my toes warm while I'm typing away. At least while I'm smoking my pipe. And- <laughs> got a leather-bound volume of Herbert Warren wind. I mean, I've got the whole yes. thing played out in my mind. We'll see how it works out for real. Well, the first time he poops in in your lap, um, you know that that might bring the whole. That might be the record scratch. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, that, I, that's just a metaphor. I don't have a great uh, segue from pooping in your lap um, to Mister Eldrick Tiger Woods, <laughs> but. Uh, we, I, I feel like the right place for us to start. Now you were kind enough to come on last week and help walk through the storylines that we anticipated down at Augusta national. And when we got to the topic of tiger, um, we talked a little bit about this, you know, pretend beef between he and Phil Mickelson, um, relating to the fact that tiger announced uh, a series of matches that he will be undertaking all across the world and whether or not Phil was having a bad reaction about being cut out of it. And I, I made a joke, uh, you know, Oh, we think the tiger's going to be worried about what Phil thinks. Um, obviously the, the, the answer to that was, was no, but you, uh, identified, you know, three or four things that kind of you had on your mind as it related to, um, tiger's performance coming into the week. You wondered whether, uh, you know, there was a, a um, limitation on him because uh, his play up to the week of the Masters wasn't exactly like he wasn't in contention. He wasn't threatening to win any tournaments. And you wondered aloud, kind of physical or mental, can he play four good rounds? And, you know, he, he missed that four-footer in Austin in the match play and got himself knocked out. And we wondered, you know, the, the golf course has changed. You know, they tiger-proofed it. And uh, at Augusta National, he only had one uh, win since then. And your your quote was, uh, you said Tiger can contend, but you would be amazed if he won. And then I wondered aloud, has he been playing possum this season? Uh, and then I confess to you that I, I'm a Tiger truther. So, you know, that that's kind of where we <laughs> left off last Monday. Let's fast forward now, based on on what you observed. You were physically on the grounds um, every day of the tournament. You were taking in um, interactions with the players. You uh, were able to watch Tiger in his press conferences. Let's start at the beginning of the tournament. What kind of Tiger did you think you saw uh, after his Thursday round? 
Well, that was really my biggest question mark about Tiger was his, his having the worst putting year of his life coming into Augusta. And, you know, we, we statistically, I mean, he was barely middle of the pack in strokes game putting. And uh, he missed that four-footer in Austin to knock himself out of the match play. And that was really the question. You know, his ball striking had been very solid. Uh, but, of course, we know how important putting is at the Masters. And on Thursday, he really, his putting was, was pretty scratchy. I mean, he missed a lot of putts. And uh, it kind of felt like, here we go, you know, we're just shaping up for another T4 where he's going to he's gonna be there, but he's never going to get the speed of the greens. And he's going to, it's just like we've seen that a lot, you know, with 2011 and 12 and other more vintage Tiger performances. He just could never putt well enough at the Masters to get it done. And that was kind of the story of the round on Thursday. He wasn't that much better on Friday, but he made he made a few bombs to really uh, cover that up. And then Saturday, he, he rolled the rock beautifully. I mean, it was perfect from inside 10 feet. Um, and when you think about Sunday, he really didn't make any putt of consequence. I mean, that, that lag putt on nine was gorgeous, but it didn't go in the hole. And I'm not sure what his longest made putt was that day, but it couldn't have been more than six or eight feet. Um, but it was, he just, did what he had to do. He kind of hung around. He let everybody beat themselves, and then he flushed it on the way home. I mean, from from twelve tee box on, he didn't miss a shot. He just looked fantastic. So it was it was really, um, you know, it was a vintage Tiger performance. That's how he always won majors in the past. Is he just kind of let other guys beat himself, and he did what he had to do. And uh, it was, I am amazed. I'm still processing that it actually happened. I mean, it was incredible atmosphere around the grounds, as you'd expect. I'm been to a lot of loud masters but this was definitely the loudest and you know just the primal screams that, that tiger let loose when it was over and of course the instantly kind of iconic hug with with charlie and uh, so much so much emotion poured out not just for tiger but the rest of us and it's really it, it's incredible that he actually did it i mean he, he's been threatening to do it we could all say maybe he might uh, there was reasons to to think he would or wouldn't but he did and it's, it's, you know, the, the best golf story in a very, very long time. It certainly transcended our little boutique sport. And the biggest story in the world, sports-wise, and, you know, top of the front page, the New York Times. I mean, it was just, it was an epic performance, and it touched a lot of people for a lot of reasons, and it was cool to be there. Well, that that's why we are reconvened, because I want to get some of your perspective as a as a man on the grounds there. Um, I, I, I want to quickly, uh, touch on your point. It's a great one about the putts of significance. Uh, and I, I'm interested in, um, your take on when you thought he might actually pull it off. I think that maybe to me, the most consequential putt of the round was the birdie on three, um, because it was a crazy slider. That putt is super fast and, you know, um, it, it immediately, uh, you know, set the, 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 the course for, I, he, he had kind of a sloppy par on, on two. Um, but that really set him up to, you know, then he just needed to, to play basically even through the, through the balance of the nine to get in, get on t- 10 T at one under par, which he and Joey afterwards confessed was their goal to come in under par through the front nine. Do you agree with that? That putt on three? Yeah, that, I mean, that was huge. That was, that was a, a giant momentum putt because, as you said, he'd made a mess of the second hole and was going to have his issues on, you know, three putts four from the front. That's a t- really tough 
two putt, but still you didn't get it done. Uh, you know, another bogey on five. I mean, that that putt looks even bigger in hindsight because you know he the, there was some struggles that followed. I mean, that that really kept him in position. And uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, to go out on a packed leaderboard with a lot of big time players, not have the lead, and you know, shoot seventy. Uh, I don't I don't think in a lot of Masters that's going to get it done. But I think the the weight of Tiger Woods was a factor there. I mean, Molinari has been so rock solid for uh, going back to Carnoustie and the Ryder cup and other tournaments. He's just been a ruthlessly efficient golfer. I mean, he completely came undone. Uh, clearly he was fighting the swing on the front nine a little bit, but uh, to make the mistakes he made, I mean, part of that was, was just the weight of history. It was Tiger's presence. It was, the energy of the crowd. There's a lot of things working against them, but you know the Tiger mystique. I think is partly explains why why Molinari just lost the plot the way he did. Um, you know, Kepka going in the water on 12. That was just an unbelievable mistake from a guy who has been incredibly efficient in the majors and closing them out. Uh, you know, Poulter. You never quite know what to expect out of his game. There's a lot of variance there, but uh, he looked a little overwhelmed at times. Uh, you know, Dustin Johnson only played the front nine and even and came home but with a nice back nine, but it was too little, too late. It was just nobody quite pushed Tiger. It was, it was the dream scenario where he could just manage his way in, uh, hit the shots when he needed to. There was no pressure putts he had to make on the back nine, and it, it just kind of fell into his lap in certain ways, and then that's what it takes. I mean, uh, you know, that's always been the blueprint before Tiger was Jack Nicholas too. Just play pressure proof golf, let everybody else beat themselves. We've seen it many times in the majors. And, um, uh, but it was, you know, watching some of those swings Tiger made down the stretch, uh, you know, the, the drives on, uh, through Amen corner on 15, I think that swing off the 17th tee was the best swing I've seen him make in maybe a decade. It just pounded that drive on maybe the hardest driving hole in the course. Um, he just looked so confident and in control. And once once Molinari made that mistake, there was almost no doubt Tiger was going to win because then it just became about about will and about grit and about knowledge and whatever flaws Tiger has in his game and his putting stroke. I mean, he's still Tiger Woods, and um, he just proved that over those closing holes. It was it was a phenomenal display of just pressure execution. You just. Uh alluded to one of the things I wanted to cover. So do you feel like um, the moment where you th- you started to, to believe that Tiger could win was 12? Oh, yeah. I, I, it was, it, at that point, it, at that point, the golf gods had weighed in. I mean, even though Molinari still had a piece of the lead, the, the psychic blow of hitting in the water there was was, was tremendous. And it, it was such a mistake. I mean, he said afterwards he was between an 8 and a 9 iron. And he actually took the 8 iron. He took more clubs. And he swung too easy. That was that was his his analysis. It's like, how could he possibly do that on the 12th hole at Augusta National? You miss long in, the, in that back bunker. You can still get up and down. At worst, you're going to make four. You cannot miss short. I mean, how can you possibly hit it too easy? It's just mind boggling. And it is funny watching the replay. He really did swing too easy. I mean, he, he, what he said happened to me. It's, it's exactly what your eye sees. Like, why is he swinging so easy? Yeah. It, it's just such an incredible mistake. He's going to spend the rest of his life thinking about that swing and probably longer. Um, you know, Kepka blamed the wind. And of course we know it swirled down there in the corner, but I mean, he barely cleared the Creek. It was that, that ball was a, a 10 yards short. I mean, it's just, 
those are mental mistakes more than anything. You just you can't be short on twelve. Anyone who's ever watched the Masters knows that. And you know, Tiger kind of smashed one to uh, way left of the flag, but that's just that's just the play you have to make. And um, so I, you know, Molinari to his credit did come back and birdie thirteen, but um, it was just like if you're in a dogfight with the last few holes and and it's Tiger Woods who all of a sudden is, is, is playing with confidence and he can, he can smell it. And, you know, I, they, of course they, they had that same, that same match at Carnoustie, but the, a lot of the crowd was on, was on Molinari's side and, and Tiger hadn't been in that position in a very, very long time. Uh, so it was just a little bit different. Uh, and yeah, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as that ball went in the water, it felt like Francesco was cooked. And, uh, you know, it's stunning to see what he did on 15. I mean, three horrendous shots in a row. Uh, and it, it was it was great to watch Tiger win. It would have been a little more exciting if he'd had to make a putt on the last hole, if they, if he'd been pushed all the way. But once he had that two-shot cushion, uh, it became more of just a, a coronation. And that, that had its own pleasures, too. I mean, the, I think that allowed Tiger to enjoy it a little bit. And, that sense of inevitability and just the build up and the release. I and mean, it was all part of it, but um, it was just, it was incredible how so many players just fell away there at the end. Well, it, it did feel like the two guys who could have really put pressure on Tiger were DJ and Kepka. Both had very makeable birdie putt uh, attempts on 18. It did seem like, you know, there's no way to just to, to explain it from my perspective, other than, intervention by the golf gods uh you know dj's putt was was short by a couple rolls and kepka's never had a chance kepka shoved his left i mean he missed the he missed the entire hole from from about eight feet i mean they they both had good looks on 17 as well yeah it's a great point either of those putts have gone in and they posted 13 i mean that, that makes it a lot more interesting tiger has no margin for error so um but that's just how it goes i mean that's, that's how jack won in 86 you know, he, he played great and everyone just was overwhelmed by the moment and made a bunch of mistakes and, and handed it to him. And that, that's a big part of championship golf. And, uh, you know, to Tiger's credit, he applied the pressure. He, you know, from really the, the 12th on, he played perfect golf and, uh, he, everyone else cracked. And, uh, it was, it, it, it was, there was not a lot of fireworks coming in, but it was from everybody else, but you know, it was, it was certainly tense and, you know, without question, that that shot he hit on 16, even though it's almost that 16 hole at, at Augusta National is almost getting too easy. I mean, you, guys are making aces. I mean, everything funnels to the hole. Uh, if if a dozen players had already done what Tiger did, but it wasn't with the Masters necessarily hanging in the balance. So, it was, uh, I mean, that was that's the, the shot that's going to get replayed forever. You know, that one swing really iced it. And, uh, it was. There was some magic in that in that shot, uh, given the circumstances. Yeah, and and to be fair, you know, uh, guys were getting it close, but not all of them were making the putt. I mean, Ricky Fowler once again had an opportunity to to you know sort of um, seize control of his own kind of outcome there, and he hit it in there close, and it was uh, it looked all of about six feet, and of course he missed that putt, and so you know, and then he finished bogey bogey. Uh, so the 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 Fowler, you know, major uh, wandering c- continues. You said something a little bit ago that I want to compare notes on, though. You talked about, you know, he's. You said he's still Tiger Woods, and you you also observed that um, he was paired with Molinari 
at the open championship, you know, in the, in the final group and you know, the difference, well, not the second to the last or third to last uh, group, but in one of the final groups at the open championship, um, I'm interested in your sort of assessment. He was not still Tiger Woods then, but he was at Augusta national still Tiger Woods. What happened between July of 2018 and April of 2019? I mean, a big part of it was Tiger became so much better at driving the golf ball. And, you know, he made, made some tweaks to his equipment ahead of the tour championship. And, and he was just, he was phenomenal off the tee that week. And that powered the, the victory. And, you know, he talked, he talked about how he just found, found that confidence at Augusta national shaping the ball both ways and just letting the club go and swinging harder and harder. I mean, he said he was going to be sore on Monday because he was swinging so viciously. And, um, that, that was a work in progress. It took him all of last season to get to that point where he could turn the ball over with his driver. We could really swing with abandon. And, um, so you know, Tiger was very conservative off the tee most of the last season, and certainly at Carnoustie he was as well. Part of that was the baked out conditions, but that was also just a not feeling as, as comfortable with the driver. Whereas you know, Molinari was pounding his. It was that was a substantial advantage he enjoyed that day and that tournament. Um, so that was a big part of it. Is is you know, Tiger does not have to be the longest. He does not have to be the straightest. But he was giving up too much to the competition throughout 2018 and that's over now I mean, he's driving it beautifully and um so that sets up the rest of his game because you know his iron play is still phenomenal so um you know if, if he's hitting six iron everybody else hit nine iron then then he he loses that advantage but when he's hitting the same clubs in the fairway as everybody else then uh he, he's going to be closer to the hole and you know that's really what we saw i mean all, all his birdies on the back nine were tapping you know the par yeah. five 16 um, he took he took all the pressure off his putter with, with his ball striking, and you know that's a recipe for uh, for success at the majors. You know, certainly at, at Bethpage and, and Portrush, which are big brawny golf courses, he's going to have to drive it well. And, uh, so, uh, and then it's also so there's that piece of it. I mean, that, that really was a game changer for Tiger. And then he, he is Tiger Woods, but he, he can't you can't just throw him into the the contention at the British Open you know, a few months into this comeback and, and expect he's going to play his best golf. I mean, it was a little too soon, um, but he, uh, you know, he, he learned from that. He went, he went to the PGA championship. He played great on Sunday. He didn't quite get it done, but it was, you know, you could see the, the evolution. So, I mean, it was third straight major. He had a chance to win. And this time he did it. I, I don't think there's any question that the first two near misses helped steal him for, for Augusta and, and helped kind of activate that part of his, his brain and his, his, his memory, you know, of what it means to, to win in, the, in these circumstances. Yeah. I, I like that. The, the way you put that activating all those old, all that old, uh, muscle memory. I mean, his iron play was as stellar as we recall, he finished the week number one in strokes gained approach. And that's the metric, the advanced analytic that everybody identify this week coming in as the most important uh, performance category because Augusta has that well-earned reputation of being a second shot uh, golf course. Now, I, I, I'm interested, you wrote a story and it, and it went up uh, Monday the 15th uh, and it's on uh, golf.com. Tiger Woods fellow tour pros watched his victory with a mix of awe 
and admiration. So I, I want to um, do the timeline with you personally um, and, and how you observed, you know, Tiger kind of bringing it home. In the first place, what made you think to go to the locker room um, as a place to watch the, the remainder of, of the tournament? Yeah, the Masters is the only term that doesn't give reporters inside the ropes access. So it's really hard to watch golf on Sundays when all, you know, 50,000 people are concentrated on a couple holes. And um, it was, I, I watched a lot of golf in person, Monday, you know, Monday through Saturday. But Sunday's a different kind of day. It's more about the story I'm writing and, and being able to document what's happening. So with that many players in contention, you know, I watched the front nine on TV just to, just to see how it all plays out across the golf course, and see every shot. And then I, I ran out to catch Tiger, um, play down. I was going to come home with him and Molinari. And the crowds on 10 and 11 were so dense, I really couldn't see any shots. You know, you see the ball in the air, you hear the crowd cheering, but uh, it, it wasn't ideal. I mean, uh, so I have to write on deadline. There's not time to go back and watch the whole thing play out again after the fact. Um, so I, I kind of made the decision to cut bait and go back up the hill. And we have, you know, we had 10 staffers for golf.com on the scene. We're all writing on deadline. Uh, my esteemed colleague, Michael Bamberger, is going to write, you know, kind of a, the game story. My, my task was to find a different a different way to explore what happened. And I, I, mean, I knew I was going to write Tiger win or lose because he was going to be the story at that point. If he's in a dog fight in the back nine, if he doesn't get it done, it's as big a story almost as if he does. And so, um, as, as I was up at the clubhouse, you know, I could just detect the energy in the locker room. Guys were, were watching with, with great interest. And most tour players are so myopic and live in such a bubble. They don't care about anything but their own game. And you could have the ghost of Ben Hogan come back to life and have a chance to win the Masters. They'd just be packing up their locker and heading for the NetJet hangar and <laughs> not even thinking about it. But, um, you know, the guys were clustered around the TVs. And the way... The Augusta National Locker Room, there's a small locker room for the players. And then next to that, there's a sitting area where the family hangs out, a lot of green jackets. And, and so you wind up getting, you know, swing coaches and wives and other interested observers. And so that, that was, you know, I wound up, Tita and the kids wound up there for a while. Um, and so, and then next to that, there's, there's a big dining room where everybody eats and there's a bar. And so I kind of was just going back and forth between all three of these rooms. Uh, just talking to people. I, I caught Mark Steinberg was kind of hanging out there watching on TV, Tiger's longtime agent. Um, and it was, you know, George Spieth was kind of just hanging out. It, it was, it was very intimate. And of course there were no other reporters there for the most part. And that's how I know I'm in the right place, but nobody else is there because I don't want to write the same story as everybody else. And so um, I, I felt like telling the story through the, the eyes of his, of his competitors and, players he's inspired and the players he's beaten and uh someone who came to the game just because of his example uh, i thought that'd be kind of a fun compelling way to get into the story and you know again we all watch on tv we watch the highlights my only value being on the scene is to tell people something that already they don't already know and, and to take them places they haven't been so it was just kind of a, a cool way to, to get into the story and, and, and feel some of the emotion and kind of capture the grand sweep of, of this win and how it touched so many people. Yeah. So, um, who was the most excited? You, you mentioned like a half dozen players here, uh, and everybody's sitting and watching at the same time. Who of the players was the most excited? 
Oh, Kevin, nah, he, um, <laughs> you know, he and Tiger are, have been buddies for a long time. They both have Southern California roots and they've played some practice rounds, uh, many times through the years. And, um, they just, they just have a fun relationship. And, and, you know, Kevin, nah, he's not one of those characters who's too cool for school or he has to pretend like, uh, some of these other guys where, oh, it's no big deal. He, you know, he's just another player. I mean, there was, I got that vibe from a couple of players who I didn't, I didn't name the story, but you know, Nah was giddy. I mean, he was shouting, he was so excited and it was, uh, it was, it was fun to watch. It was fun to, to, to feel that emotion. And, uh, it, it was just very colorful moment. He, he came running in to check it because at that point, um, you know, they were playing the 15th hole. And of course, uh, you know, as you see on TV and if you've been on the grounds, there's these giant scoreboards that have the hole by hole, uh, scores, but they're not everywhere. And so, uh, he was, you know, no, nah, he was, he was pumping me for information. What happened on, what happened on 12? What happened here? You know, you, you want some play by play. And, uh, so that was, that was cute. I mean, I, I put some of that in the story and it was just, um, it, it was fun to see it through his eyes. I, I was really, um, impressed. I, I know I just gave kind of a snide observation with Ricky Fowler. Um, but I actually hold Ricky in, in pretty high regard. Um, I very much uh, was impressed by by the um, a- attitude he displayed when he went to the Olympics and kind of like being a uh, you know um, a, a leader for the for the golf team at the Olympics. And so I I, I genuinely um, res- respect Ricky, uh, notwithstanding my feelings about his game. Um, but he he had a quote um, that I liked. Uh, you 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 got a really nice observation out of Ricky about Tiger being a different tiger what was that about yeah that, that i mean that's part of the whole backstory to this this victory is tiger had to reinvent himself you know the, the game was taken away from him and after the back surgeries and the long hiatus i think he kind of realized that in fact he wasn't bigger than the game as he always had thought and it just moved on uh, guys are still winning tournaments they had uh you know commercials were getting made and checks were getting handed out and he had to, he had to, you know, Tiger's always revered Jack and, and Arnie, these beloved elder statesmen. And I think he realized, wow, people don't have those same feelings for me. You know, I don't have all these relationships. I don't have the love that, that those two guys did. I mean, he certainly had the respect, you know, he was revered, but he wasn't really loved. And Tiger has worked really hard to build these relationships and to mentor the younger players and to be a part of the dinners and Obviously, we know he's taken on a much more active role at the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup, and as a vice captain and and a, and a captain now uh, at the President's Cup and, and those sort of things. And and part of his his return to the game was instead of just practicing and playing alone like he always really had, he uh, he was reaching out to Ricky Fowler and to Justin Thomas and and uh, Dustin Johnson and some of the South Florida mafia and and setting up games and inviting them over to his backyard practice and certainly you know there was a benefit where to be around high level golf that helped push him and help motivate him but it was also you know just building these friendships and and these relationships and, and feeling a, a closeness and they hadn't felt before and and that i think that's part of why and you know he's been like that with with the public to some degree a little bit with the press uh, he has he's just been a little more open a little more human a little more approachable and uh, that's that's part of why this this victory resonated. It's why all those players lined up to congratulate him, you know, by the scoring area, and you know those hugs were genuine. I mean, it, 
uh, Tiger's no longer just this, this golfing terminator who just comes to destroy you. And, and then, uh, you know, he, he still wants to win, of course, but there's a lot more humanity on display and a lot more vulnerability and it's made him much more likable. It's made him easier to root for. And even the most ardent Tiger detractor, and there's plenty of those out there. I mean, they had, they had to feel the emotion of those hugs with his kids and just the joy and the relief that poured out of him. I mean, he, this guy's been to hell and back since, uh, since the last Masters victory. And, of course, some of it was his own making, a lot of it. But, uh, you know, he's, he's lived, he's been in a fishbowl his whole life. And uh, we've, we've all had a chance to critique his flaws and his mistakes. But, um, you know, Tiger's put his life back together. He's, he's a better person. He's, uh, he's clearly a great golfer again. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things to like about, about Tiger. I'm not sure you could say that in the past beyond his golf game. And, um, so Fowler talks about that in the story. So did, you know, Charlie Hoffman, another guy who's known Tiger his whole life. And, um, and you know, you could see that, you could see that, uh, that it was a whole other dimension. You know, when Tiger won the masters in the past, it was, it was awe inspiring and it, it just validated that he was this, this once in a century talent, but, uh, it, it was not the outpouring that we all just, felt that the earthquake of emotion and that's because you know he's a different person now he may be the same player but a totally different person yeah so the 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 power of his redemption story um and and it you looking back um your point is very well taken we we basically had um and i'm not going to claim it was calculated i think it's it does reflect just a different approach to life out of Tiger, but we really had like a 16 month kind of a, a humanizing campaign where he was a lot more um, vulnerable and he did let his guard down and he did show a sense of humor and he did sort of, you know, um, interface with like folks that he otherwise might not have given the time of day um, in terms of media and, and so forth. And, and, you know, his press conferences, had a charm that I didn't recall, you know, from, from, you know, the previous version of Tiger. And so, uh, to, to your point about his detractors, you know, when he's on, on 18 green celebrating, and then the first thing that the first movie makes is to go find his kids, those folks, now I, I have a lot of people in, in my life. Um, this, this may not seem believable as a, as a Tiger truther, but you know, especially like um, there, a lot of women have not forgiven him for you know the bad behavior. You know that that's there, there's still a long way for him to go in terms of that uh, redemption. But everybody understands the power of him as a dad, him with his kids, and it really did just put um, a kind of unbelievable. Uh, bow on the thing and you know that we see we've now had the benefit of seeing the pictures comparing his hug with his dad and the hug of of charlie in his arms and i mean that's just that's powerful that's it's just a very powerful it full circle um kind of image uh and, and you know i i'm i'm just interested in like this uh tiger king of the world <laughs> moment right now uh what i want to ask you is wh where do we go from here with him in terms of managing our expectations what do you expect his expectations are like wh where do we go from here yeah i mean it's irresistible you know already 
start thinking about second leg of the, the Grand Slam coming to Beth Page where he's won. Then he goes to Pebble where he played the greatest golf of all time in 2000. Uh, you know, it's hard not to project forward, but I'm trying to resist the urge on that. I mean, this is such a wonderful moment in, in golf and obviously for Tiger and for all his fans. I mean, it, it, this is such a bonus. I mean, he, he talked about it, of course, not knowing if he's ever going to play golf again. Um, you forget how low the lows were. I mean, the chip yips he had, the, the 85 at Memorial, the opening tee shot, the 2015 Open at St. Andrews when he gouged the ball, about six inches of turf, you know, and dumped it in the burn. I mean, the turn was over after one hole. He had such stage fright. And guys were coming up and looking at that divot on the, the 18th, on the, excuse me, on the first tee, and just shaking their head. I mean, it was so bad. It was like something you'd see a beauty course from a 30 handicapper. And everyone knew it was Tiger. No one else would have hit that shot. You know, he was, he was so woe gone at that point. And then, you know, there was still a lot, a lot more in front of him as far as the back surgeries and the pain. And, uh, of course he had the chip yips where he couldn't even, you know, he couldn't even keep the ball on the green. I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal how far he's come. And so, uh, yes, if he can keep contending and he can uh, he can make some more runs at it, even win a couple more of these events, keep scaling Mount Nicholas, I mean, that would be thrilling, and we're all going to love that. But it may never get better than what we just experienced. I mean, this may be it. You know, see how long his body holds out, uh, how hard he wants to keep grinding for the next, you know, three to five years with the, the, the amount of time it takes just to prepare to be ready to play. I mean, um so I'm not too worried about the future. I'm trying to just enjoy this one, recognize that we just witnessed something extremely special in the annals of sport. And whatever happens from here is truly a bonus. Yeah, I I, I am um, very, very excited to see what New York is capable of at Bethpage because, you know, we, we know that Phil Mickelson is beloved in New York, but Tiger at the top of his Tiger powers you know, that close to New York city at a place where he's won before, I just think it's going to be, you know, uh, it, an, it, <laughs> an unbelievable environment. Um, and I think we were just going to see that at, at, at every venue. So the, the thing to root for, um, with him, I think more than anything is the continued health. Do you have any concern on that note? with there's a whole new set of mega opportunities that open up for tiger again like he can really reascend you know as a global icon he's he's he was there for a long time and you know he fell down off of it he's no knock on on monster drink but monster drink as as the uh the uh sponsor on the bag you know it was kind of that's not your blue chipper. That's not your, your, your power, uh, 100 in corporations in America. What do you think about, you know, that the opportunity set that he's going to have in front of him and what kind of impact that might have on his effectiveness? Do you think he'll be able to resist the temptation? Well, sure. I mean, Tiger's been, he's been the most powerful force in the sports marketplace for going on a quarter century. Um, and you're right. There was a big dip after the, after the scandal, but, I think he knows how to budget his time and I don't think he's going to go crazy chasing dollars. I mean, he, Tiger's not hurting for money. So I, I know, I but, would, but I, would I, hope, I mean, I would hope he, he, he did, you know, Nike's going to blow this out. He's already, he already has a lot of corporate partners. I mean, um, 
I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, part of when you're speaking to New York, I mean, part of over this last year and a half, why the crowds have gone crazy for Tiger is for the, the first time in his life, he was kind of the underdog, right? I mean, he was, yeah. it, there was no expectations. We didn't, we didn't know if he could play again, if he could, if he could swing the club with his new spine. Um, that was part of what made the last, you know, all of 2018 fun was Tiger was really and truly an underdog playing against these young kids who, uh, were hitting it longer than him, hitting it better than him, working harder in the gym because they could, and they could, they could practice eight hours a day on the putting if they wanted to. Tiger's back can't handle that. So he really was an underdog for the first time ever. Um, and, you know, now that's changed. Now he's, he's the head, he's the man again. And top dog. Favorite top dog. And he'll probably, he'll probably be the favorite heading to Pebble Beach too, no matter what happens. So, um, it's, it's, it, it's going to flip a little bit. I mean, He's no longer the the lovable loser of of you know two thousand and and seventeen and eighteen. I mean, he, this is he's Tiger Woods again. So the the crowd reaction is going to be interesting. I mean, for sure, people are going to lose their mind if he's in contention. But uh, you know, all of a sudden he's the Yankees again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I, I I feel like this is going to be the Tiger Hero Tour. Like, not all of us could be down in Augusta, Georgia you know, the second week of April, when he comes to our local town, won't it be all, everybody getting to the venue to, to show him how much they appreciate, you know, his, uh, his, his his, his, uh, you know, return to the throne. And, you know, again, with, with the, the flavor of the redemption story and, and, you know, the humanized tiger, don't you think it'll be a hero's welcome everywhere he goes? Oh, no question. Without a doubt. But um, I, I just mean all of our expectations have changed now, including Tigers. So the, the love is still going to be there, but I think the sense of wonderment is, is is gone. You know that was that was that was that was part of what fueled the, the feeling in the air at Augusta was, oh my gosh, can you believe it? Is this really happening? Yeah, it happened. <laughs> so um, you know that, yeah. that that's gone now. Now it's just. It, yeah, the love's going to be there, but the awe is, is dissipated. It's just going to be more about, um, you know, it's going to be turning back the clock to where Tiger was the favorite, and and we expect him to, to keep winning these tournaments. And uh, But, yeah, no question, he's, he's going to be the people's choice of where he goes. Yeah, so Shippy, uh, we'll, we'll, we will both enjoy watching as the season unfolds the the we we it's already it feels like you know the embarrassment of of riches is one of the storylines we mentioned as the week opened up last week just in terms of how many great players are playing great golf and you know um we had this constant theme at the top of the masters six out of the eight guys on the final leaderboard were major winners and we were just looking at all these major winners at the top of the leaderboard each day, um, golfers who have accomplished like, you know, incredible things in their, in their own right. And yet Tiger came out and, and vanquished them all. I think, you know, it feels like we should just sit back and enjoy the ride. What do you think? Oh, no question. Uh, at the same time, none of those guys matter anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, like <sighs> Justin Rose's quest to win oh, a second major. Don't even say that name to me. That, that bum. Yeah, right. I mean, that, he's a bum. I don't want to hear him anymore. But, um, you know, can Rory McIlroy finally win the Masters? Nah, nobody cares anymore. Uh, Rory who? Can Phil, Mickelson, can Phil Mickelson complete the, you know, his quest at Pebble? Nobody cares. It's, it's Tiger's world now. 
and uh, <laughs> the rest of us are just living in it. And so uh, everyone else is, is now nearly a bit a bit player in his drama. And um, so, you know, certainly, you know, all these kids who who said, "Oh, I want Tiger at his best. But I want to play him at his best." Like, be careful what you wish for. Now, I mean, uh, we'll see if Tiger's body can can sustain this. Um, if, if the answer is yes, uh, he's, he's the only one that matters yet, you know, yet again. And so, um, I, I mean, I'm sort of joking. Phil will still be a big story going to Pebble Beach where he, he yeah. just won the clam bake a few months ago. But, uh, you know, it, this, this is, this is like turning back the clock about two decades when Tiger was the only story and everyone else was just fighting to, to be mentioned. And we're, we're right back there again. Yeah, man. It's the Tiger show and it's a damn good show. Uh, all right, go go get Monty the puppy. We'll we'll check in with you in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Shippy. Talk to you. All right, my thanks to brother Shippy, Alan Shipnuck of Golf.com Golf Magazine. This upcoming edition of Golf Social with Megan Schuster, presented by our friends at Callaway Golf, makers of the Apex 19 Irons used by folks like Xander Shoffley. There is a beautiful thin top line, the leading edge on the iron. This is a wonderful, beautiful golf club wading through the turf feels great. And Xander is especially comfortable with distance consistency, which you need and you want. Let's get into some golf social with Schusty. Four, please. Now driving, Megan Schuster. Wow. Okay, Schusty. Look, we, this, we can't have a mega Tiger Woods, mega Masters recap without going through all of what the entire <laughs> sporting world had to say about the unbelievable, unexpected outcome from Sunday. Megan Schuster, how are you? House, I have not stopped smiling this entire week. What a fantastic, fantastic Masters tournament it was. Yeah, I, I um, had to thank uh, Bill Simmons and, and Chris Vernon for, you know, helping me uh, in, the, in, the, in the moment right after the win. We got that uh, recording going pretty quickly and I was absolutely exhausted. I was physically <laughs> exhausted. I was emotionally exhausted. I talked about Tiger's historical win about 10 times. It's not, it wasn't historical, Schusty. Mm -hmm. It was historic. Yes. And I, I, I'm an English major. I know better, <laughs> but I, I just couldn't help myself. I mean, I was spent. I was literally like, you know, on a couch in my basement podcasting but we you know we had to we had to get it out there i mean it was important to give everybody the in the moment um reaction my first question to you have you have you recovered barely barely i will say i had to write a piece about it after the round was over and after i filed and it went up i was sitting home alone in my apartment and i just sort of looked up and i was like i cannot believe that actually happened it took me probably a full two days for it to really sink into my soul that like tiger woods won a 15th major and it was at augusta national um but i'm i've slowly come to the realization that i did not dream it and yeah i'm i'm recovering close yeah i'm I so I, I'm in the same mode, and that's really the purpose of this uh, podcast. We've now had about 72 hours 
to let it sink in and have some of the commentariat chime in with, you know, um, what does it all mean and what does the future hold and, you know, um, what are our hopes and expectations? Of course, there the internet has, uh, you know, 10,000, will, will he uh, complete the Grand Slam? Mm-hmm. Will he have a, yeah. a Grand Slam this season? I mean, just, <laughs> you know, there there is unfettered exuberance. The enthusiasm is irrational. Uh, but that we wouldn't have it any other way, right? No, absolutely. I feel like that was the only really appropriate response was to be just over over the moon. Yeah, over the moon, and over the moon in 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 the sense of a of a sports redemption story. It's mm-hmm. like really the most American kind of redemption story. A true underdog, which is so weird to say about Tiger Woods because right. we you would have never imagined him for the bulk of his career in an underdog kind of capacity, but that underdog brought along with it a vulnerability, a humanity that we hadn't seen. And, you know, the, the, the truly emotional moment, and it's been covered uh, a few times now, but the thing that resonates still to me at this very second on Wednesday, um, is the scene with his kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will, I will say I was holding it pretty well together, even when he was started to walk up 18. I was, you know, I was doing okay. was, you know, trudging along. And then all of a sudden, that first flash that they had to his mom standing there with his kids, Earl obviously not being there, um, that was the first time that I, I just lost it. And it was came out of nowhere. It was totally unexpected. But it was like the parallels between, you know, his dad's hug after his first ever Masters win then the hug with his son, Charlie, and then his mom, and then his daughter. It was just, it was really beautiful. It was beautiful. And, you know, it was that version of of Tiger, that humanity, that vulnerability that, um, you know, really made it a, a powerful story for us because he's still kind of out there. There are, there, I'm a well-known public Tiger truther, <laughs> um, and, and I absolutely... Uh, adore his uh, golf talent. He mm-hmm. he is the single biggest driver in terms of my own fanaticism when it comes to golf, and his ascendance co- corresponded with my interest in golf. Even though I'm older uh, than than him, I didn't get started with golf until I was in law school in a serious way. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I've been around for the entirety of of, of his career as a fan of his talent, you know, the, 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 the things that happened in his life and his extraordinarily terrible judgment still plays on, you know, the, the reputation he has with a a significant portion of, Mm -hmm. of the American public. It's not like he is a widely beloved, um, sports figure, but, uh, notwithstanding, you know, his complicated past, there was pretty much unanimity uh, in terms of the tip of the hat that I saw on Sunday, even uh, even from folks that ne- don't necessarily love him for where he's been in his past. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of separating out of like sort of what his story and, and the problems that he's had through his life, a lot of which were self-inflicted. Um, I think there was a bit of a separating out of, you know, legislating the past versus you know, just appreciating the fact that this is like a remarkable, remarkable athletic achievement. Like I I was reading, I think it was a Washington Post story this week where they had interviewed a few different spinal surgeons about 
you know, like how this isn't even possible. And one of them had said, you know, when he had this surgery, I would have given him a 0% chance of being able to do anything like this, like let alone be a competitive golfer again. So I think from that perspective, it is a remarkable, remarkable physical achievement, a remarkable achievement in the world of sports. But yeah, there's definitely, you know, you have to separate out some of his past actions with this exciting story. Yeah. So uh, speaking of exciting stories, let, you and I are in agreement that this Masters delivered in a way, you know, this will go down in history as, uh, you know, a, a legendary. There are a handful of Masters, you know, this 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 is right there with 1997 and right there with mm-hmm. 1986. And there are a couple of, of Masters preceding um, that also where you just say the year and, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody understands um, what it means. And, and we were really off on an incredible foot at the very beginning of the tournament, the outset of the tournament. <laughs> Every day, the leaderboard was flavored with major winners. I mean, it just had, a, it was a, a very major kind of feeling that the storyline we wondered about with all of the great talent, young and old across the board, um, you know, where were guys going to play great? And really there was only one bum and the bum was Justin Rose. And <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I'm going to be petty about this <laughs> because I, I picked him and gave him out as a pick. That dude's a, he's a, he's a bum. You, you won't get me, you know, he, he, he stumbled into the number one because he's a top five machine mm-hmm. and he won the tour championship at East Lake last year because Tiger won the tournament and essentially, uh, kept away the other contenders. Right. Uh, and, 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 you know, um, his one uh, major victory, he did have an unbelievable four iron from the fairway on the 18th hole at Marion, but that that was another Phil Mickelson uh, U.S. Open that Phil Mickelson could have win won and Phil Mickelson didn't win. So I, I'm down on on Justin Rose, but otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> an incredible, incredible, incredible series of of um, top performers at the top of their, their talent. Speaking of top performers at the top of the talent, <laughs> if we're going to talk a little bit about some of the social aspects, and that's what we do here on golf. So social with Schusty, um, we got to start with Phil. I mean, yeah. we, we were treated to a legendary Phil Mickelson video this week. We really were. And the thing coming into Augusta is you never really know what you're going to get from a social media perspective, right? Because phones aren't allowed on the, out on the course. So you're not getting a lot of like live tweeting, a lot of live images, video that you're not getting across your you know computer screen or TV screen, wherever you're watching the actual broadcast. So I didn't expect to be blessed, so thoroughly blessed with this video from Phil. Um, ahead of his Saturday round, he decided to record and post a video of him driving up Magnolia Lane, heading to his parking spot for the day, just and to give viewers a bit of an intro into his mindset for the round, some context. Um, he also did that by captioning this video, uh, quote, hitting bombs and attacking pins, which is just really, really peak Phil. Um, so I, I mean, I'm dying. It just kills me. Keep going, please. So I don't know if you want to like power rank the most ridiculous things he said or just, you know, talk about them in general, but I'm happy for whichever strategy you want to go with because there is really a lot to unpack for a video that was just over a minute long. Let's just unpack it all. Okay. And I want to make an observation at the outset. One of the truly most unbelievable aspects of the whole thing is... He pulled it off while driving. He did. 
The camera's <laughs> perfect. He's so super composed. He's driving, looking at the camera. <laughs> what a stud. It's, I it's, mean, I'm telling you, it's peak no fucks Phil. It really is just, it's mind blowing. So just, just that, that at the outset of, 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 the, the 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 staging of it is is mind blowing and 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 let's 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 do the substance please yeah yeah so you're right you're right it really is a miracle that he did not you know bump anybody bump any cars like bump a magnolia tree yeah he timed it perfectly also to pull into his parking spot park the car and then sign off it was it was just great execution I mean it just just stud stuff I mean just big. <laughs> Big stud stuff. It's unbelievable. It was great. It was great. So th- so starting just off the shoot. So he, you know, introduces himself where he's driving. We get a lovely shot of him going up Magnolia Lane. Um, he starts off with the heat right away house. He, the first subject that he wants to tackle is the fact that he's paired with Matt Kuchar for Saturday's round. Um, and obviously, you know, Kuchar has had his uh, share of media attention this year, specifically about how he reportedly shorted his caddy. Um, in a win in 2018 at Mayakoba, um, which was, you know, just just really something. Um, so he takes a shot at Kucha early and says, you know, obviously in this pairing, we're not going to have any side action today because I'd probably see like 0.06% if I did win. It Here's the thing about that line. That's the line that I saw. Everybody was hitting me with it. You know, it was just, <laughs> that was like the most viral line because... It is such a a uh, unusual thing to have to see players go at each other, mm-hmm. and yet Phil's legend is his is his shit talking. I mean, his legacy. One of the top three things um, that he will be known for for his you know uh, decades long career on tour will be his shit talking, his his administration of the needle, mm-hmm. as as they call it. And it was such a beautiful glimpse into. Um, what he's capable of, the sincerity with which he delivered that line, <laughs> the timing of it was mm-hmm. was was brilliant. I mean, the dude has some genuine um, comic uh, timing knack. There's a there's a real talent there. Yeah, and it was just subtle enough that like you could tell he wasn't really trying to hammer the point home. It was like it felt like something you would like tell a buddy. Like, yeah, you know, I'm playing with this guy today. Like, won't be doing any side bets. Like, it was it wasn't like. He was trying to make a thing about it, which I think is why it was so great, just because it was so well-practiced. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so from there, from the Kucher comment, he decided to talk about his sartorial choices for the day. Um, he said, quote, wearing all black, being aggressive. So right off the bat, he's you know basically explaining that he's going to go after some pins today, going to try to try to catch up to the rest of the field. Um, I actually really supported this sartorial choice because it felt like literally everyone else on the course on Saturday was wearing some variation of a lilac or lavender color. Indeed. Which is lovely, but not when you have, you know, 50 golfers on the course wearing the same thing. So I supported his choices there. Me too. I mean, and and he gave us the explainer for it. I swear to God, if he did this, at least once a tournament, but seriously, once every round as he, as he <laughs> approached, he there, there's a whole thing there. He you he, he could I would pay for it. Yeah, I mean I would subscribe if he sets up a uh, an online. You know, he, here's sixty seconds of me mm-hmm. before e- each thing. Here's what I'm going after: my sartorial choice, the, the my matchup with whoever I'm paired with, mm-hmm. uh, and my my uh, approach to the day. That I mean, I'd pay. 
10 bucks a week for that. Yeah. 40 bucks a month for, for no fucks, Phil. I'm in. It's great content. Excellent content. The best content. Um, And so then he gets to the whole point of the video, which is basically to explain his strategy for the day. Um, and that's, quote, hitting bombs. And we're not talking about, like, lowercase bombs here, House. The way he says it, you can tell he means uppercase bombs. Like, he is ready to go out there and drive this golf course. He talks about the fact that the night before, he was recording a 125.1 club head speed, which he says is potentially the highest he's ever recorded it's in his mo- career. I mean, it's monstrous. Yeah. That's, that's Kepka level speed. Yeah. And then he goes into sort of a Bryson-esque breakdown on how longer drives are apparently only really important at Augusta National, which not to knock the data behind this because it does sound fairly convincing and like it actually came from a scientific study, but you could convince me that long drives are important on every golf course, but... <laughs> Anyway, I appreciated Phil giving people the lesson um, and a little bit of insight into uh, his long bomber strategy. So did I. I mean, this is the thing. That's the, it was the uh, denouement. As, and and um, you, you said it already, the uh, video ending as he parked, it seemed not practiced, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it seemed like he, he knew how long the drive was going to be. And he had in his mind exactly how long the video ought to be. Yeah. And so um, it it looked like a first take to me. Do you agree with this? I do. I do, actually. I saw a lot floating around like, oh, you know, this looks pretty practiced, the whole timing of the thing. Um, I saw somebody throw around like, I wonder if he had to do a lap to make sure that he got all of the timing correct, which is a funny image, even though I don't think it's true. Um but yeah, I, I would agree. It seemed like he just sort of, I mean, he's been to Augusta National how many times? He probably knows about how long he's got to film this video on his drive. Well, and I, I, you know, maybe if we wanted to give him credit for being a little bit planful, if we didn't want to say he's the ultimate spontaneous stud, mm-hmm. um, he had the opportunity all week to, to sit down and have somebody time how long that uh <laughs> drive up is at, at whatever uh, speed he was going mm-hmm. and and say, okay, this is going to be exactly, you know, 105, 65 seconds uh, of chat and, and you know, execute uh, perfectly. But mm-hmm. what a way to get into the, the master's weekend, right? It was, it was great. It was the perfect primer to just get really get you, get you ready for the day. So we had to cover it because we, we, we cannot, uh, put this legendary masters to bed without really recognizing a true legendary master at the top of his game, <laughs> the top of his social game. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, what you observed, um, both kind of in the moment when, when Tiger won and then, you know, since then mm-hmm. uh, in the way of the, the social outpouring. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. I mean, almost immediately, you know, the golf world sort of started sending out their congratulations. Like Brent Snedeker sent a really nice message out on Twitter. Rory McIlroy followed it up saying, you know, very few people know what Tiger's really been through to get back. It was really cool to watch him win. Um, Tiger's noted buddy JT had some congrats to throw out too. Um, And then it was really cool to see that sort of expand outward outside of the golf world. You know, we see a lot of outpourings after teams win championships or players win individual accolades. But um, I was thinking about this a lot over the weekend and the last few days. And I don't know if I've seen sort of the completely like widespread sports fully outpouring like this before. Like we got LeBron tweets. Kobe was tweeting about Tiger. Um, Steph Curry was saying, you know, greatest comeback in sports history. Like 
Bruce Arians, the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said that he wanted some of Tiger's gum. Like it was really kind of an across sport, across the world um, outpouring, which was really, really amazing. I mean, you know, uh, former President Barack Obama uh, chimed in. Mm -hmm. Part of the thing that um, sort of jumped out at at me uh, now that we've had a little bit of time to process is the significance, you know, it's been talked about how his first Masters win, his first major win was in 1997. Mm -hmm. And here we are in 2019. That covers three generations potentially, right? Right. I mean, it, it covers such a swath of of um american sporting public and he finally was able to show this whole generation of player um that was really inspired by him you know mm-hmm. the, the the current um group of of folks in their mid 20s all to a to a man talk about the inspiration that tiger was to them mm-hmm. as they grew up and what they wanted to do and you know they've all modeled their their fitness regimes they all understand how important fitness is um and they're you know kind of the aggressive style that they all play they all claim that the tiger was the uh, ultimate inspiration for that um but also a generation of golf fans mm-hmm. that have that have come up with this group of of 20 somethings also golf fans that might be um fans of Rory golf fans that might be fans of Ricky Fowler um you know and 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 golf fans that that you know could be fans of like Dustin Johnson although that he he's a little bit older yeah um those those folks all got to see Tiger really for the first time at the true height of Tiger powers his his victory at um Eastlake was monumental because it confirmed that he could do it but that event was against, you know, it was a 30-player field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a specialized thing. And, you know, it just doesn't carry the weight. It's not a major. Uh, and, you know, the scene is iconic. It will always go down in the Tiger legacy story of, um, you know, thousands of people thronged on the 18th fairway yeah. surrounding him and Rory McIlroy. And as they walk up to the green, you know, they have to basically break out of the the adoring <laughs> fans. It really was, you know, what felt like I didn't, I wasn't uh, alive in time to see Arnie's army and those right. old days with Arnold Palmer, where the fans, you know, kind of were could all stream behind. But <laughs> that throwback moment. But this was of an entirely different vibe, an entirely different feel. Um, you know, the consequences were were so much. Uh, you know, more, more pronounced and just the, the fact that, he, that he proved he could do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and showing a group of sporting fans who'd never seen it before, what it felt like, what that back nine, what the 12th hole to the 18th hole at Augusta national on a Sunday, it, you know, the, 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 the true, the truly like um, mystical kind of uh, possibilities there. That's something that I'm going to chew on and stew on and enjoy uh, going forward. Yeah, and you and you're totally right. It is. It's a feeling when he like when he's going through those holes. It is a feeling that is specific only to Tiger, and it's something that I haven't you know felt probably since 2005 when he won his last Masters. 
And it was really amazing to, I, th- I think it hit me for the first time really on 15. Um, and I know you guys talked about this on Sunday a little bit. Um, after he had sent that putt in close and it was clear that he was going to birdie, I sort of looked up at the leaderboard and said, you know, all these guys that are chasing him, they're running out of holes. He's was so locked in that it really hit me like this, this feeling that I haven't had, you know, in 14 years, that assurance that Tiger's going to win this major. And it was just really, really cool to have that back. And I think, um, you know, we talk a lot about how the effect Tiger's had on young golfers, you know, making the sport cool, making an entire generation excited to play golf. But I think it was also, um, you know, he inspired people across sports just with his singular focus and that singular greatness that he achieved. Like, it was amazing to see Michael Phelps, you know, standing behind him, I think, on 16. So cool. So an cool. All, an all-time picture, like two two of the real goats of their sport in proximity to each other. And, you know, uh, it's not like Phelps knew that uh, Tiger clinching the Masters to win his 15th <laughs> major was going to happen in front of his front row seat on 16. And, and, and I was, I can't remember who it was that I was exchanging notes with, you know, I was uh, live uh, commentating with uh, the, 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 the pod father and some other folks, mm-hmm. but it was basically like, as he approached 16, I wrote to somebody, if he stuffed this, it's over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it really felt, I, I got chills when the ball landed, mm-hmm. um, because it was exactly in the proper spot and then it became a genuine possibility that it was going to be a hole in one but holy mother f like how could the <laughs> sports gods have michael phelps and tiger woods within five feet of each other two of the like really and, and, and it's a great comparison because of how many um generations phelps excellence um spanned mm-hmm. and how he he distinguished himself as you know the the swimming greatest of all time and, uh, you know, he had his own demons that he had to conquer. Right. How can it be that these two guys are right next to each other? Sometimes it's just like to, uh, an embarrassment of riches. Like, are, do we really deserve this? <laughs> it was it was one of the coolest images like I could have thought to have. Like if I had pictured in my head, like what would be the most amazing thing to see? Like that would definitely be up there. I don't even think I could have created that picture in my head. The only thing. The only thing that would have taken it um, to a, another level is if Michael Jordan was sitting next right, to him. Right, right, next to him, smoking then a cigar. Then we would have lost our Yeah, then then we would have lost our minds. Yeah. Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, and, and and Tiger on 16 as Tiger clinches, you know, essentially the, the tournament. That that would have been I would have needed to be resuscitated. That's yeah. just that's just the way it would have been. That's probably the only thing that could top it. Um and then one one last social thing that I just wanted to note. Um I know you and I both probably follow Tiger Tracker, uh, the Twitter yes. account who's oh, been God. active since 2012. Um, if you're not familiar, he tweets about, you know, all of Tiger's rounds, his health updates, meme updates, basically anything and everything that's related to Tiger Woods. Um, as things were coming to a head on Sunday, it was clear that Tiger, you know, was more than likely going to win. Um, obviously, you're not allowed to have phones out on Augusta National. So the Tiger Tracker was stuck inside to tweet updates to, you know, give people information about what was going on in the round. Um, And he, at one point, was tweeting out, like, considering whether to leave and to go out and actually watch this person that he's been tracking for seven years win this. Um, 
they decided to stay in, decided to tweet through it. But it was just really kind of a cool moment to see this person who is basically job has been Tiger Woods for seven years. Um, see them following Tiger as he got back to the height of his powers. It was great. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a real validation and, and redemption for the folks behind that. Or I don't know if it's a, is it a single individual responsible for the entirety of that? I've always thought it was a singular individual, but yeah. I don't know that I have confirmation on that. I feels like to me, it takes a village um, mm-hmm. just because of, of the, uh, expanse of it but um what a, like that 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 team or that that person can't possibly have uh, imagined and yet i bet that person or that team did imagine you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you can't possibly indulge the possibility and this is the thing when we were uh doing you know previews at the beginning of of last week it just felt silly to speculate that tiger was going to go win right and yet most of the American betting public didn't think it was silly because they all went out and collected and, you know, damn near put three sports books out of business. Now that's over. <laughs> I'm overstating it. But folks have, you know, some of those books have reported their single biggest losses um, in, in a sports day ever. Um, and that's what happens when an overwhelmingly popular favorite um goes out and takes care of business it just felt too it felt ludicrous to me as as monday and tuesday of last week were kind of rolling around but god it's so 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 fulfilling mm-hmm. um speaking of fulfilling he, you and i are going to have the privilege of doing the epic flash pick of the week the epic flash driver brought to us by our wonderful friends at Callaway already with more worldwide driver wins so far this year than any other driver models. Our boy, Frankie onions, Frankie Molinari has one in his bag and boy, did he play great. It wasn't his driver on the 12th hole that ended things <laughs> for him. Xander Shoffley uh, has one of these bad boys in his bag. He played great uh, all week and, and continues to remind everybody what a big game hunter he is. He's going to be putting, you know, some kind of jacket on his back. He's going to, there's, there's some major, uh, uh, you know, spoils in his immediate future. There, there have already been 10 worldwide Callaway driver wins by non-staffers who choose to play the driver based on performance. Schusty, for our purposes, they use artificial intelligence and machine learning and ran a whole bunch of simulations to figure out the best way to promote uh, faster ball speeds. I think our boy Frankie Onions wished one of the simulations um, included uh, what where to hit the ball on 12. You know, that might have been <laughs> Probably, that would have been nice. Artificial intelligence, that machine learning. <laughs> right. But you and I are going to do our Epic Flash pick of the week. Uh, how many more majors for Tiger Woods this year? And al- already, you know, it's only been 72 hours. You know, can can he uh, knock out the Grand Slam this year? I mean, the 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 expectations are are through the roof. You're more measured. You're more measured than I am. That's for sure. <laughs> How many more majors for Tiger this year? We're playing at Bethpage in less than a month. We're right. at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach in June, and then off to Ireland, Northern Ireland, in uh, at the end of July. What's your number? I, as much as I would love to go all in and say, give me the grand slam, um, my number is going to be one. Um, I think he has, a, like you said, a lot of expectations now with two places that he's won majors at in the past coming up on the schedule. 
Uh, I will give him one of those, I think, get, to get him to 16. So you and I, uh, as, as uh, happenstance may, may have it, are in lockstep agreement. Wow. I also believe he is going to win another major this year. Um, I believe it will only be one. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have a perspective on which one he's going to win? Um, I have one that I would like for him to win, which oh. is the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And I will say that because I think it would add an interesting new wrinkle to the Tiger-Phil rivalry if Tiger sneaks one in, uh, steals the one major that Phil has left right right out from under his nose. Uh, I think that would be pretty great. Okay, I like this. I am rooting for, and I honestly believe there's no reason he can't do it, Beth Page Black, the mm. PGA Championship in less than a month mm-hmm. because of, of two two reasons. In the first place, New York is going to go absolutely bonkers. It sure. is going to be bananas um, at Beth Page State Park uh, with Tiger. You know, the thing to root for, I'm knocking on wood right now. If he's healthy over the next, uh, you know, 30 days and, and it doesn't feel like asking for too much um, for that to be the case. And he doesn't get worn down from, you know, the the great um, hero parade that he has to <laughs> yeah. go through over the next two weeks. If he's able to get himself back to kind of the discipline and the schedule, um, you know, the routine of preparing for another major uh, over the next 30 days. I just think that the the combination of, of having one at Bethpage, the way that those crowds are going to carry him, buoy him. And, um, you know, the, the shot at history, like if he starts off this season with two major wins, oh my God, the sporting world is going to lose <laughs> its effing mind. Forget about us golf fans, the sporting world and, and, and the gambling world is just going to be on fire. So that's what I'm personally rooting for. And I can't come up with a reason why he can't do it. It's True. just, you know, life will intervene with whatever life is going to intervene with between now and then i just hope he shows up uh once again kind of at the top of his powers completely refreshed re-energized i know when he gets there and sees those crowds he's going to be uh you know that that it's going to be electric um so that part of it i'm not worried about any any energy lag he might have the first tee at beth page black on that thursday is going to be bananas it it'll be pandemonium in new york that weekend pandemonium in in new york i'm gonna try and get myself out out there um at a minimum that means like a couple good dinners in new york city and you know yeah. how i like to do that <laughs> i do <laughs> all right well we, we we we've we've covered it all thank you for coming on this mega tiger woods recap tiger wins the masters podcast we had to do it i appreciate it i'll talk to you again in a few days yeah talk to you later house thanks Justy. all right my birdie buddies we had to get this one up just to keep trying to make sense out of something that doesn't make any sense at all. We're back next week. In fact, we have fairway rolling shows running all the way through the PGA championship. If we're lucky next week, Amanda Balionis shall join us to talk about her experience at Augusta national, as well as help us forecast what to expect out of the Zurich classic, which is one of the most fun events on tour and i'm especially interested in talking about some new orleans food my par saving pals look for a new edition of fairway rolling at the beginning of next week until then please hit it straight 
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.